You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. You got your Mac and Mac buddies, John McMullen and Jody McDonald, here to hang with you for the next two hours on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We call it the show Birds 365. And by now, I think you figured out. Jody, uh, uh, Jody is frozen. Tone, is that uh, just me or is that everybody? season ticket base um so uh we'll see how many tickets are actually available for the eagles games don't know exactly how many those are going to be um, because the eagles do have as big a uh, ticket base as they do um but today is the day that eagles season a uh, single game tickets go on sale and uh hopefully johnny rejoins me here in just a sec or two uh, there he is. Uh, so we're up and ready to, to no, rock and roll for you guys. Frozen. I was frozen. I didn't know what was going on there, Jody. I don't know if you or froze me, whatever. Me. They, grabbed, they grabbed me back quicker. Uh, I was saying, don't know if you heard me, Eagle single game uh, tickets go on sale today. And more power to anybody who can grab them, wants to grab them. You got to do so at Ticketmaster at 10 a.m. sharp. Be quick. At, I don't know about you. Uh, and again, showing my old school colors. I like the fact when you had to go down to the stadium and you had to stand in line and you had to, I know it's Get massively inconvenient compared ticket. to today. Yeah. Um, it's a nice souvenir too, the paper ticket, but that has gone by the wayside as well. You know, 
regular season tickets for the Eagles, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna go really, really quick. So to me, always the most interesting part. I don't I don't they hold back very few. Most of them obviously are season tickets, but I don't know the exact number. The most interesting thing to me every year because of how we shifted um, in the NFL in general, but also the Eagles from the days of Westchester and and and, and Lehigh uh, and and moving training camp to the Novacare complex, you know, back and used to do shows from uh, Lehigh. Did you do shows from Westchester? I don't know. I, that that is slightly before my time. Yeah, I was. A Lehigh I thought guy. so. Um, you know, fans could go to practice and now they can't, there'll be a select few VIPs, you know, sponsors, things like that at each practice, but the general public can't get into practice at the Novacare complex. And that's just another sort of distance now that there didn't used to be. um, And they have, they're down to one open practice at Lincoln financial field which was never the same anyway, because you can't get as close. Um, but they used to have two. Last year, they they scheduled two, and one was uh, canceled because there was a hurricane. I forget which hurricane it was. Of course, it didn't end up being all that big of a deal, but um, they canceled it. Um, and now we're down to one. So what, And by the way, you got to pay to get in. Uh, now it goes to charity, right. the Eagles that, Autism that Foundation. About. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, for a family, I, I look at it for this side. NFL tickets are very expensive. So if you have a family of four, that's what, I, you know, it's way, it's just unbelievable between the parking and the concessions and the tickets. And, you know, training camp was a time for uh, people who maybe can't get tickets to, to take their family. And now that's gone. I, I've always thought that part of it's a little bit sad. Has been, uh, and yes, I used to get on the Eagles' case more about it until it became commonplace around the National Football League that a lot of teams do this now. There, and some of the newer teams with newer facilities have a larger area where a select, and I use that word appropriately, select number of fans can come in, as you just said. VIP fans may be able to attend Eagles practices. Now, it's a little bit more open to the public at some of the new facilities, but it's not like doing it on a college campus where you can get thousands to show up on any given day for a practice, a little more so at uh, other teams own facilities where they work out and where they have their preseason workouts. Um, It's not what it used to be, Johnny Mac. As a fan, uh, I feel badly for those who made days of it. Shoot. I had guys call me and tell me, they'd take a week vacation and get a hotel up near Lehigh to be able to go back and forth to go to uh, camp for uh, however many days in a row. Uh, There are that diehard level of fans here in town, but if they're not accessible, they're not accessible. Yeah. Well, it, it, it was, it was fun. Like a lot of things. I mean, being on a a college campus and getting uh, close to the players and in a way as a fan, you couldn't typically do, um, you know, depending on the the uh, college and the, and and the team I was covering, you you'd often see players riding bikes to the practice field and things like that. Just just a completely completely different time. Um, 
and but you're right everything marches on and everything is monetized now so um and because of the scale back in practices too it just doesn't make sense to leave uh um and there's still certain teams that do it i mean pittsburgh's still going to st vincent's or whatever it is and um it, it, you know, it doesn't make sense to me because you're only there for a few weeks and you only have one practice a day. And, you know, when the Eagles made the ship way back, they they made, you know, Doug Peterson was sure to say, look, we have everything here. We don't have to haul it back there. But they were very intent on on keeping at least two practices open. And then, as I said, that's already scaled back even further. And, and there's there's nothing you can do about it. But yeah, the days of Westchester and Lehigh were a lot more fun when it came to training camp. And that was the other um, uh, big news with the Eagles ticket sale because they did they did confirm the opening of training camp is going to be July 26th. And that'll be the day the players report. So they probably won't be on the field to the next day. But um, So that's we have an official countdown to training camp as well. And we probably could have done that math for ourselves and been within a day yeah, one yeah. way or but the other. It's official. Uh, it's no, official. no great surprise on that one. But yes, the Eagles have put the official stamp on it for the upcoming season. Um, one quick note about uh, doing camps away. Uh, I did get the benefit at one point uh, during my couple of years outside of Philadelphia working in New York. I did get to go to Giants training camp, which was held in Albany, New York. Ah, that's a at, tough trip. Yeah. At the home of the Great Danes. I did not mind making the trip. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. More so, more miles. Now it's on the New York State Thruway. So you're talking about 85 miles an hour. Um, not me. Uh, <laughs> up and down. That now, is you where are 95. Course, 95. Yours, yours truly matriculated for four years as a Great Dane at Albany State. So when I went up, yeah, I knew the haunts to hit. Soon as practice is over and done with, I used to go back to the spots that I used to hang when I was an undergrad at Albany. So uh, at least there was that. I'm sorry. Did you ever get uh, any good feel for hot spots to get out to in Lehigh after Eagle practices? No, I wasn't here in the Lehigh. No, days, you you so never even did it. Okay. No, never even did it. Uh, I went to Westchester to when the Eagles uh, practice there. So. Yeah, I knew all the haunts there. And I have some stories that I cannot tell about uh, certain Eagles players that shall remain nameless. But uh, there you go. And you know, it's tougher with the ladies when the Eagles show up. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you you, you find uh, you, you <laughs> drop down a couple of rungs on the ladder of availability when uh, National Football <laughs> League guys show up. I know exactly where you're coming from. All right, so we do have some countdowns working. Countdown to the first game. Countdown to the opening of camp. Countdown to the Eagles putting their undefeated record out there in joint practices with uh, the Dolphins and the Browns, both on the roads this year, which Johnny Mac's going to have to find the hotspot haunts in Berea, Ohio. It, did it, it, did you go there a couple of years ago? Did they not uh, do the joint practice thing with the Browns? Mm, no, I don't think so, okay. but I wasn't right. there. I typically don't travel to the preseason road games. Although um, this year might have to because of the joint practices, but we'll see how that shakes out. But um, 
I, I do remember vaguely that they had a preseason game out there. I don't remember joint practices. I, I actually, I you, think they You did. might be right. It, it all runs together. I remember all the joint practices here, which has been New England a couple times, Baltimore a couple times, uh, Miami uh, a couple times, uh, similar teams. Um, and then the Jets last year. That was an easy trip, obviously, up the turnpike. And they don't have the Jets this year. It is going to be Miami and uh, Cleveland for their two joint practice sessions. All right, Jay Mack, here's a question I wanted to ask you, because somebody asked me about it last night on my show on WIP, um, about the Eagles and the one position right now, offense and defense, that you might project as a non-strength. The Eagles are better on a defensive line, additions they've made, guys coming back. They're certainly better at linebacker, not even close. That's absolutely an upgrade. Uh, even though I was a big Steven Nelson fan, I'm a bigger James Bradbury fan, so I think they're better on the corners. Offense, the line's intact, as was. The running backs are intact. Well, we'll see about Jordan Howard. Uh, but as they are, the quarterbacks are the same. You had uh, uh, a star-wide receiver at A.J. Brown. Well, I guess you could question backup tight end because at the beginning of last year, remember, Zach Ertz, depends on what you're talking about. At the end of last year, the roster that played in the playoffs or at the beginning of training camp, tight end would be one. Safety is a question for me coming into the season. And you and I both have talked extensively about Marcus Epps and the fact that the Eagles are high on him and they're ready to hand him a job in the uh, starting lineup. You've gone so far as to say if they were to get a an upgraded player at safety, he'd be more likely to replace Anthony Harris than he is uh, Marcus Epps. Uh, but you did say yesterday you think the Eagles are not necessarily done at safety, that they could still add another player there. Add another player. Do me a favor. Give me your best guess scenario. Define that for me. Are we talking about a guy that you and I would handicap and grade out as better than the two guys? Are we talking about another veteran that would come in and be part of the mix in the safety rotation? If they're going to add another safety tomorrow, next week, next month, the last couple of days after cuts come down around the National Football League before the season starts, what level player are we talking about a safety? Well, I think they'd love to get a starting level safety. Uh, but I think they need depth as well. So I think it's either or, but yeah, I think the first, uh, the first shot, you know, if they can get Clark out of Baltimore, for instance, you take it, um, you know, you have some trade assets, um, you know, the Ravens aren't typically looking, aren't typically one of those teams looking for offensive linemen. They generally have a pretty good offensive line. So maybe some of your, Depth there doesn't match up with Baltimore. They do need receivers. I don't know what they think of Jalen Rager, but, you know, you try to, you know, say, hey, this guy was a first-round pick. Did you like him in the draft? You know, reclamation project, all that stuff. You play in the people's egos. The problem there is Baltimore is also a very smart organization. You know, it's not like you're going to pull the wool over Eric DaCosta's eyes like Howie Roseman has done to certain GMs over the years. Um, so it's tough to find <clears throat> sort of a match with the Eagles depth pieces and what the Ravens might want. Um, 
But if they could get that type of player, um, I think that would be the best case scenario. Um, but if they can't get that type of player, and Baltimore's been saying for a while now they want to play a lot of three safeties, we'll see if that's all hubbubaloo or it's real. Um, and they're just trying to increase his value. But um, if if it is real and you take them at their their word and you can't get him and, and Jesse Bates is too expensive, uh, they need a depth piece as well. Unless Kayvon Wallace comes out of nowhere and starts playing like um, he deserves to be on the field. I mean, in seven-on-sevens, the backup safeties were Kayvon Wallace and Andre Sachere which is why yesterday on the show I'm talking about Jared Maiden. I mean, you know, because there's an opportunity there. And he, and he looked like a safety, at least, in T-shirts and shorts. And that's where we are at the safety position. So when you say your most concerning position, it is by far safety. And number two is way back, way back. Um, and, and, and mostly number two, you could argue tight end. It's all about depth. It's all about the backup. Right. It's all about, it's not with, with the safeties. It's about the starters and the backups. And right now I'm saying, because I think more of Marcus Epps than most people in Philadelphia, but I'm not going to sit here and say, well, he's a constant, you know, you, you're not going to be able to improve over Marcus Epps. I think he's going to get better. But we'll see if you take if if you you take the glasses a half empty approach, you got a you got a couple bad safeties and a, and a bunch of bad backups who can't do anything to get on the field over the bad safeties. That's yeah. the worst case scenario. Um, yeah, I'm going to bet against Marcus Epps making the Pro Bowl, but he can be a solid starter. And J Mac, I just again took a quick peek. Free agent safeties that are out there, as you correctly stated. You can trade for a Chuck Clark. Like to see the Eagles do it if they can make a winning trade there. I don't think they have the cap flexibility to do a Bates deal. People are still holding out hope that something like that can happen. I don't think Cincinnati's trading them. I think they're going to play hardball and tell them, listen, you, you want to show up, you don't get paid. Fine. Uh, you're, you're under contract via the tag. Uh, you got to show up and play there, Jesse. So I don't think it's going to happen, but I guess you can hold out hope. The available guys that are still out there, I don't even like them as depth pieces. Do we want to bring Andrew Sandejo back here again? Do you want to go there again? Not, not at his age. No. Uh, Matt Adams. Uh, not Matt Adams. Uh, Andrew Adams. You want to go there again? Uh, no. They, it really is the void group that we're talking about at the safety position. I'm ready to give you guy Maiden a chance back there at safety. Give me a little Andre Sacheray. If you're talking about a trade and getting a guy who's established as a not only proven starter, but a good starter in the NFL. Okay, yes, I'd love to see Howie Roseman continue to pursue that. If you're talking about picking up somebody off the scrap heap, we know last year they got uh, Steven Nelson right before camp. Start. There's no Steven Nelson at the safety position out there this year for the Eagles to be able to pick up. So it's either going to be a trade or they're going to go with what they have on the roster right now. That's the way I look at it. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I mean, you know, I think Landon Collins is that did he sign with anybody? No, but he's, he's the big name trap. I, I have no interest in him. Same here. Um, um, uh, Andrew Adams, as you mentioned, had an interest that they brought him in. Um, obviously, he didn't make the team, and he went back to the Bucks, and he, he started a whole bunch of games for him. So, you know, him as a backup, I, I wouldn't mind that because he's a good special teams player as well. And I'd have to uh, look up his his age. I forget, but he's I think he's 26 or he's 27. He's not old. So you don't have to worry about that part of it. That's actually an interesting name. I'm glad you brought him up because they brought they liked him enough to bring him in once. It they you know, he is a good special teams player. And he, you know, he started a bunch of games for a really good team. Now, because of injuries, Antoine Winfield, Jordan Whitehead, obviously wasn't going to be out there. Um, but as a backup, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily mind Andrew Adams being back. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to cry if they don't go in that direction. And I think Tart is out there. I don't, I don't think he's been maybe a spot starter in the past, but he's not anything to get excited about. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing basically on the free agency market. Um, so it would have to be a trade and there's probably some, you know, maybe I'll do some research today and we can talk about it again tomorrow. There's, there's probably, you know, some guys, deeper on the depth chart where teams are, are deep at safety that maybe you could spin off in a trade that way. Um, there always is, but it's, it's clearly, clearly a need for the Eagles and clearly the biggest need right now for the Eagles. I'm telling you, John, this is just my read from afar, judging the Eagles. And since Howie Roseman re-entered the picture as the general manager, after being in abstention during the Chip Kelly era, just, analyzing the way they go about uh, doing roster construction. I don't think they're going to make a move for a safety. I think they're going to go with what they have here. The only way that uh, they add a new body to the safety mix will be that last week of uh, preseason. If the wrong guy for a team numbers crunch, blah, 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 a guy the Eagles said highly rated coming out of the draft just happens to show up on the waiver wire. I think they could be claiming a guy like that, which, by the way, the waiver claims, remember, go in order of last year's standings from the bottom up, which means the Eagles are not going to have first grabs since they were a winning team. That's the only way I think they're going to add yeah, another that's, body. That's how they got Andre Sachere, I mean, last year um, on the wave on the waiver wire. So, yeah, that could be the way it goes. Um, and, they, you know, Mac McCain's another one like that. Um, players you like and yeah they get cut and they're generally younger and maybe not that high profile but i i do agree with your original premise their hope is you can't have anything right? you can't have everything right you can't you know they've added significant talent we talk about it all the time the aj browns the bradbury's the reddicks the davises the deans and the draft um pretty significant talent you can't have a pro bowler at every position I agree with your thought process that the hope is Marcus Epps seizes the job um, next to Anthony Harris. Anthony Harris plays like Anthony Harris. Good, not great, probably average, not below average. Um, and 
Kayvon Wallace becomes a competent third safety. I think that's their hope. Uh, but as Howie often says, hope is not a strategy. So you got to see how it plays out. And if they need a safety at, at cutdown day, from which will be 80 to 53, there'll be a lot of bodies out there to where you can improve, at least in the backup position. And at least in, in special teams, part of it, and the backup part of it. Judging the quality of the free agent guys who are out there right now, who are available, who are in the league last year, you think might be able to jump in. I just don't like the, the group. Uh, I'm willing to go with the young guys. And yes, the Eagles have shown in years gone by. They like a guy more than John Q. Public likes a guy. They're not afraid to stick with a guy until he absolutely positively proves that he can't play. Uh, I think that's where they're at right now. I think they'd upgrade if they could uh, get a player who is more thought of, highly thought of, more highly ranked than a uh, Marcus Epps and or an Anthony Harris. They'd do that. If Bates became available, the price was right. You had the cap flexibility. Boom, I think they'd get it done. Uh, but just for another guy that they can't even project to beat out either Epps or Harris, I think they're going with the guys they already have on the roster. I.E. John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are your Birds 365 Mac and Mac guys. Les Bowen from NJ.com scheduled to join us uh, coming up in just a bit. Hopefully Les is ready to rock and roll when we come back here on Birds 365. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze. And the Oz. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Mommy slam dunk champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. Ah. So go to right, go to left, fake them out. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it.
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Got your Mega Mac here on Bird 365, kind of a countdown Tuesday, countdown to the uh, first game of the regular season, countdown to the opening of camp, countdown to uh, Les Bowen joining us here on Bird 365. Oh, we've achieved touchdown. Yeah. Les Bowen in the house. How are you this morning, Mr. Bowen? I'm great, guys. I'm sorry. I kind of forgot, I'm, but I'm here now. I'm- I hear you. I forget every day, Les. Jody's got to <laughs> remind me. Um, good to see you. Uh, hopefully see you tomorrow as well. Yes, yes. Um, Last, I guess we'll start out with uh, the play calling, and then I'll, I mm-hmm. want to go to the front office uh, to you as well, because right. I, you and I, I think, are in the same boat trying to figure out this personnel, the scouting side of it. But before that, uh, last year, Nick Sirianni really gave up the play calling to Shane Steichen about midseason. I think this is kind of bold to to – it was a little bit underplayed, though, last year. Collaborative, yeah. uh, you know, we're all together. And this year, they flat out have said Shane's going to be the play caller. Um, and I, I think that was a bold move by Nick Sirianni for this reason. He's a very young coach. Uh, he was brought in to be a play caller, an offensive mind. And all of a sudden, he doesn't last a half season. And, oh, by the way, when he was calling the plays, the team stuck. And when he wasn't, yeah. the team was good. And that's not his fault. I'm not trying to say that, but people lose out in the context. And, you know, the least common denominator is going to say, well, they ran the ball. Nick wouldn't run the ball and all that kind of thing. How bold do you think this move is for Nick Sirianni? Yeah, I, I agree with you and everything you said, John. Uh, I, it, I like the idea of an offensive coordinator calling the plays. I, I think the head coach has a lot going on in a game. And especially if you're not a very, you know, you don't have a lot of experience as a head coach, which Nick certainly doesn't. I think it maybe helps to have that off your plate a little bit. I think Steichen made it clear to us last week that, you know, if Nick wants something, he just says, hey, we need to do this. You know, I mean, it's not like he's, divorced from the play calling it's it's just that he's not you know consumed with it he's he's able to sort of look at the whole team and what's going on and and maybe be a, maybe that will help um i last year was really strange and i didn't know what to make of of the way the thing went with the the play calling it was a little bit like the phillies you know the Phillies are playing a little better now with, with Girardi fired, but they're also playing teams that aren't as good. <laughs> you know, um, they were yeah, that playing helps. teams like that were really, really good. And they were, you know, were getting killed. Um, that was kind of how the Eagles season was to me a lot. You know, a lot of that early season stuff was against the better teams 
And then when they started doing better in the second half, it tended to be against worse teams. And, you know, they got to the playoffs and it looked pretty much like it looked early in the season to me. You know, I don't know. I I don't know if Steichen – I think the whole staff kind of needed to see the team, you know, in action uh, because they don't really play starters in preseason games anymore. You know, I think there was a lot of feeling out last year with everybody. I don't know if Steichen would have done anything differently early in the season. Um, but it, it is interesting. We don't have – I don't have a great sense of Steichen as a play caller, as a person – he was pretty uh, guarded. I would yeah, say. guarded last year. Yeah. He wasn't uh, uh, much of a personality to us. And I want to know more. I, I'm, I'm interested in this subject. I'm not ready to say, you know, a lot about it because I just don't know him. And I don't know what he wants to do. He certainly has. There's no reason why they shouldn't be an efficient, effective offense this year if Jalen Hurts can can run that less uh i'm gonna be really simplistic here and if i'm overly simplistic feel free to tell me so i think this is a good idea because trying to get two guys involved in 40 seconds to go not only make the decision on the play call uh send it from the head coach to the offensive coordinator who's up in the booth so that he can then turn around and send it to the player via the headset to the quarterback and the you don't need all that. You only have 40 right. seconds, and that clock starts fast. As soon as the previous play ends, boom, they start that next clock. I just think that the timing of it is superior if you have one guy handling it. And as I can yeah. say the other day, if uh, the head coach wants to play called, he'll get it to me quickly enough, and I'll get it called. Uh, I'm not going to say, no, I'm going somewhere else, Vic. Uh, no, right. he's going to do what the coach says, but just on a play-in, play-out basis, it's just easier to have the guy calling the play going directly to the quarterback in the time frame you're talking about during a game, isn't it? Yeah. I think simple is always better. That's certainly true, Jody. Uh, you know, and I'm not real thrown by this because uh, I spent a lot of time watching the Eagles under Andy Reid. And Andy, you know, liked to call plays, but things would go stale and he would hand it over to his offensive coordinator. And we would know, you know, he would probably say something during the week about this. You know, Marty's going to call plays this week or something. You know, it was a way to sort of get things unstuck. <laughs> um, you know, it, other than, you know, firing yourself as the head coach, it's kind of one of the <laughs> few things you can do to kind of really change the whole uh, temperature of the situation, I guess. Um to start out the season this way is interesting. You know, it really is. Uh, I wonder, you know, I'd love to talk to Nick in depth about that sometime, about, you know, why he knows right now that he wants Steichen calling the plays. Um, I, you know, I, I'm sure this is something we're going to get more into in training camp. Yeah, uh, hopefully tomorrow. Hopefully we'll get yeah. at least a little bit. In There's going to be a lot, though, John of these these wrap up things at the end of the spring. Yeah. yeah there's going to yeah. be a lot of you know what did you see from Jordan Davis and yeah yeah you know I don't mean on the record I mean all yeah. I'm hoping we yeah. have an off the record I hope and, so and too. we can that get some thought yeah. process behind what what's going on but we'll see how it shakes out. Um, 
I do want to talk about Steichen because he was guarded. Do you, mm-hmm. do you think part of it – now, we got him once this year, so it, he was a little bit better, a little bit less guarded. Do you think part of that is because if you're the coordinator under a head coach that calls the plays, you know, you, you tend to be a little bit more careful. I think we saw that with yeah. Mike Grow, Even with Frank Reich, Frank was a little bit more experienced, maybe could handle it a little more deftly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when the head coach is calling plays, you know – do you just are you just naturally more guarded? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I know as a as a media person, you don't take the coordinator as seriously, you know, in, in terms of like, boy, I have to listen to Shane Steichen this week, you know, when he yeah. talks because he's, you know, what's he doing? I mean, he, if you need a quote about the quarterback or something, that's one thing, but in terms of you know, you listen to Jonathan Gannon because you know he's running the defense, right? Yeah, if Shane Steichen isn't running the offense, then it's just another guy that, you know, has some input. Um, if he is running the offense, then you have to kind of, you know, readjust your your thoughts on that matter. Um, so, I, yeah, I hope Steichen is more of a personality this year and we get to know more about what he wants to do what he and Nick want to do, you know, now that they have a tool, some tools for their toolbox. And, uh, you know, I think we'll see what kind of offense maybe they want to run. The the variable there is hurts. Of course, they might still be constrained by, okay, we'd like to do X, but with Jalen, we probably should do Y, but nonetheless, I think we'll see more than, than we saw last season. Let's let me move away from the coaching for a second to go to from the down on the field at the length up into the executive level where the Eagles made some major changes to the structure of the organization from an executive uh, point of view. Bunch of new hires, bunch of promotions as well. And uh, I know you guys try and find out as much you can about these individuals. They're not made readily available to you guys, so you can't get as good a read as you can on the coaches or the players. But just judging by what the Eagles did, has Howie Roseman's power base stayed the same, increased, decreased, the names, the titles, and the like? Uh, How do you think Howie comes out of the moves that the organization has made during this offseason? More of a guy in charge or less? Well, he's certainly not any less in charge, Jody. He's making all these hires. People within the organization who, you know, Jeffrey Lurie had said could be future GMs and how he said could be future GMs have all left. And so from that standpoint, how he's not, you know, there's not a lot of internal uh, conflict or potential conflict, I should say, where there wasn't really any conflict. But, you know, people there that you could see being GMs have gone somewhere else. So, you know, that that's if you're Howie Roseman, that's that's very uh, comforting, I guess, in some ways, although he didn't want all of them to leave. But, you know, it's it's certainly uh, there's nobody on the horizon who's going to take his job anytime soon. The, the most interesting part, and I think it, you know, a lot of people have said this, is the rise of analytics in the operation and how uh, there, with uh, Andy Weidel leaving, there really isn't 
a football person uh, in the personnel side, uh, you know, at the top top level of personnel. It's uh, entirely uh, analytic and uh, administration uh, driven now. And, you know, they have voices, consultants and people below the top level, but not having that person right up there next to Howie, who's, you know, a real uh, traditional scout is a big change for the organization. And we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. That was the most interesting part to me, Les, was um, there's nobody on the personnel side, as you mentioned, on equal footing with John Ferrari and, and Alec Halaby, who got the assistant GM titles. And it's interesting because whether you believe the Eagles thought they were going to lose Andy Waddle, didn't think they were going to lose Andy Waddle, the fact that they fired his younger brother, you know, yeah, whether you could say Tom Donahoe was forced out or retired, we'll see in the coming weeks if he shows up working somewhere else, I guess. Yeah. But, um, you know, the whole thought process of this with the assistant GM titles, well, we can't lose guys from the personnel side. And yet they go and give it to the football ops people who in theory, nobody's going to be banging down the door uh, to be GMs, at least, you know, in the near future. Right. So you're in the same position where you could start losing your top scouts. Does that part make sense to you at all? That was puzzling to me, John. I tried to get an answer about that last week, and I never really got one that that satisfied me. The premise that we were left with when all these people left uh, in the spring was they the Eagles didn't really want all of them to leave, but they had to let them leave because the way the structure was set, they were all below Andy Weidel on the personnel on the chart, our organizational chart, and in the jobs they were going to, they would be over the personnel chief on the organizational chart. So therefore the Eagles had to let them go. So I tried to get like last week when they got this new structure in place, I tried to figure out like, okay, is this different now? And, you know, will this not happen now? And the answer I got was, well, you know, those people, we wouldn't have stood in their way anyway. <laughs> which wasn't what yeah. was totally different from what was being said a little while ago. I right. don't, oh, well, I, Les, Les, come on. Let's call it what it is. Throw the BS flag. The Eagles yeah. were so put off by it that they uh, up, they lobbied the league to change right. the rules going forward. I yeah. Know. Oh, no, we were good. We we're going to let them leave anyway. No, they weren't. That's right. baloney. Yeah, especially well, not to the Giants. You know, I think that was yeah, a big. Uh, that Brandon Brown to the Giants one was the one that kind of stuck in their crawl, understandably so, because, uh, and that's why they tried to change the secondary football executive rule. Mm-hmm. And, and they got it done, by the way. Um, so moving forward, the timing for hires like that will be a little bit different. Uh, that's not going to help the Eagles in the short run. But then there was also this theme, Les, that they didn't want to 
bring in an outsider and and maybe leap them ahead of people who've been in the organization for many years. Because I look at Brandon Hunt, there's a guy who was in the mix for a couple GM jobs. Uh, I think not only Pittsburgh, where he used to work, but also Las Vegas. And there might have been another one uh, where he interviewed for. And it's understandable because he got passed over twice by the Steelers. So he probably wanted out of that building. And that's an organization known for continuity. So if they're not going to promote you, right. that that's a red flag. Um, but here, I, I think his title is director of scouting. Um, I don't know. Do you do you do you agree with the thought process of I can't give him VP of player personnel because Alan Walking's been here for a long time, or do you think that's not the way you should be doing business? Yeah, I don't, that doesn't excite me too much. Uh, if the people that have been here a long time are really, really good, then you promote them into those positions. And if they're not, then you don't worry too much about their feelings. I mean, you know, that's that sounds harsh, but uh, the analogy we were given was one of like a locker room where you bring in a bunch of high price free agents and give them jobs over guys that have been working hard who are here. But you do that. I mean, if you have in, and the Eagles have done that time and time again, yeah. they didn't, they didn't stick with after <laughs> hey, all that hey. talk about yeah. the half dozen corners that they had that were all going to be great young players. They went out and signed James Bradbury, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, no, I'm not thrilled with that uh, logic at all. And I suspect the way this all unfolded over such a long period of time and, and there were so many departures and so many moving parts, the, the hiring season is pretty much over, you know, people, who are going to change organizations have done so. I think you're in a position kind of like you're in a position sometimes with coaching hires where you say you're happy with what you've got and you're really waiting till next year. And maybe there'll be somebody brought in next year that will be free uh, who isn't free right now. That that's my thought. I don't have a whole lot to back that up, but I would not at all be surprised if that were the case. Let's last let's get back down onto the field. Um, you guys had some quality grass time last week, so you got to watch <laughs> some of the Eagles activities. Yeah. You got to talk to a couple players as well. Let me zero in on Brandon Graham mm-hmm. uh, again. Can't really judge seven on something, no pads, no helmets. It's not like it's going to be the first Sunday and uh, second Sunday in September when the season starts, but you could see him moving around. Mm-hmm. You got a chance to talk to him. Uh, Eagles missed him both on the field and in leadership last year. What was your external read on Brandon Graham? How much is he going to be able to contribute to this football team this upcoming season? You know, we saw nothing last Friday that would tell us anything about that. I mean, it was seven on seven. Uh, there wasn't really any any pass rushing uh, or anything like that. He's moving. I mean, he he's not limping or anything. Uh, he says he's fine. And knowing ha- his dedication and his 
you know, work ethic. I, I'm sure he's done everything he can to be ready. Um, he talked to us once this spring about knowing that he might have to take a, a lesser role this year just because of the people they brought in. We'll see if that actually happens. Uh, I would like to see him go out, you know, on a strong uh, final season. Um, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait. I think we were a long way from getting that answer, Jody. I'm sorry. I wish I could give you a better That's one. Okay. No, I, 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 knew I, I knew we knew speculated. Right. I just wanted to see if you wanted to speculate for me. If you don't this have enough information work, yet, go, yeah. uh, no problem. This spring work has gotten less and less useful to us. I'm sure it's more useful to them. But the idea that they aren't even lining up 11 on 11 in these drills. Yeah, that's amazing. Ever, that's amazing. It's just not the way it used to be. It used yeah. to be in pads. They didn't do a whole lot of hitting or anything, but they put the guys in pads and they lined mm -hmm. them up 11 on 11 just to show the rookies, you know, what it looked like. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, landmarks guess, and teaching and yeah. yeah and yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It's completely different, Jody. Yeah. Uh, he is Les Bowen. Follow him on Twitter at Les Bowen. You can read him these days at NJ.com. I'll leave you. We started with the offensive play calling. You mentioned the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. We did get to see him a little bit on seven on seven. He was very sharp through the was. deep ball. Well, um, you know, seven on seven. I always joke if, it mattered. Sam Bradford would have a gold jacket, but yeah, it, it, yeah. it doesn't. Um, that said, um, what do you think about Jalen? Do you see uh, uh, any fundamental improvements? I know Nick Sirianni was talking to Sal Powell, saying he sees better mechanics. He worked out with Tom House and Adam Dado, although I don't know why people won't admit that, but that's where he was in Southern California. Yeah. Do you think these increased mechanics are going to help Jalen Hurts reach that level to where you said, if he holds his water, essentially, this should be a good offense? Yeah, I sure hope so, John. I uh, Shane Steichen talked about footwork a lot, and that is crucial. You know, a lot of what we see as arm strength comes down to footwork, uh, especially when you're talking about crisp passes not just heaving it, you know, 80 yards downfield. I don't really, I, don't, I wouldn't say I don't care about that, but I think he does that reasonably well. What mm -hmm. I want to see is the cross, the lateral cross the field, you know, get there in a hurry, has to go in a tight window over the middle, you know. And, but along with the footwork, the other problem is decision-making, seeing, okay, the ball's supposed to go here, but that's not happening. And how quickly do you notice this guy over here is open and get him the ball? You know, um, that was a real problem for Jalen Hurts. And we there's no way to know anything about that yet. Uh, but, you know, he works so hard. And they talk about, you know, in film room, study and so forth, him seeing things more quickly. So, you have to be optimistic about it at this point. I mean, you have to be optimistic about nearly everything in June. But uh, I really want to see it. It's probably the key to the season. I think we've said on here before, with the parts that they've assembled, assuming decent health, uh, if Jalen Hurts is a Pro Bowl-level quarterback this year, they'll definitely make the playoffs and they'll be a contender, you know.
uh, I think. So, yeah, that's that's the key to everything. Uh, and there's no discouraging words yet on that front. Anyhow, everybody is banking on looking for an improvement out of Jalen Hurts. I'm going to flip over to the defensive side and ask you about an improvement. Unless I'm on record here on Birds 365, wherever else I jump aboard. I think the James Bradbury signing was big for the Eagles because I think he's uh, a top level corner and to be able to get him without having to give anything up because he had free agency was a big plus for the Giants this year. If you've got Slay and Bradbury both playing top level cornerback, how does the defensive coordinator take advantage of that? How do you think it will play into his play calling? At times, Jonathan Gannon called on the carpet last year, not aggressive enough. Yeah. The results were solid, not spectacular, but solid overall defense for the year. How much does Bradbury's addition, if he can play to the level that he's played to previously, how much better does he make Jonathan Gannon's life? Oh, I think considerably, Jody. I think offenses can't really hunt out the matchup now, you know, try to get a guy away from Darius Slay. That's not going to be as, as big a deal, as good a thing. Um, you know, I think Gannon likes zone defenses more than he wants to play man. And I think that's Bradbury's strength. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons Bradbury had kind of an off year last year was he wasn't really being used to his best advantage. I also think they had a problem with turnovers. You know, they didn't really create enough turnovers last season. And I think Bradbury will help them there. Uh, he has good ball skills. Yeah, I think that's a significant thing. I think he and Jordan Davis and maybe Hassan Reddick, but I think he and Jordan Davis are the two biggest additions. Davis in that, you know, they had such a problem on first and second down. Yeah not getting run over and ending up in third and one or, you know, even getting to third down sometimes. I think Jordan Davis is going to really plug up that middle and, uh, you know, you'll see just a, a more efficient defense overall. Less great stuff. We appreciate your hopping in with us. Uh, feel free to uh, hip check McMullen if he starts to intrude <laughs> yeah. on your grass facing uh, tomorrow when you get down to Eagles practice. Uh, we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. Thanks, buddy. Well, thank you, guys. And I'm sorry I was a little tardy there. I'll give you uh, – I'll come in early next time. <laughs> Thanks, Les. NJ.com zone. Les Bowen here with us on Birds 365. All right, Jody Mack, Johnny Mack, coming back. we still got plenty of Eagles uh, things to break down for you. Hour number two, we'll get it with another one of John's good buds that he's sharing. See, he doesn't have to worry about McMullen. Uh grabbing his space he can just look over him brandon lee gowton the biggest of the eagle beat reporters could be talking about the quality of reporting or just his physical size the biggest eagle beat reporter brandon lee gowton's going to join us here in hour number two when we come back i want to ask john about the size of the contract that aaron donald got Woo! this off season we just keep setting bars Man. and we keep setting them higher for nine quarterback contracts I don't think this is a bad thing for the Eagles. And I'll explain and ask John about it when we come back here on Birds 365.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Appreciate your streaming on in here to Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, which you should know by now is easily accessible from jacobsports.com, the new Jacob Media website that you can go and get Johnny Mac's Eagles thoughts basically on an everyday basis. Very key on the weekends because he's not here with me. For me to drag it out of him, he's got to put it up there on his own. Uh, so do check out the new website, jacobsports.com. You can certainly access any of the great Jacob Media Sports shows from there. Uh, we appreciate you doing that with us here this morning. Um, if I seem a little bit wired, J-Mac, there's a reason for it. I'm on my third cup of black coffee. Now, when you and I do the show, I'm a coffee guy. You've got whatever you've got in your metal <laughs> container. I'm Let's I'm, just call it. Let's just call it water, Jody. Okay, we'll, we'll go with water. It's a clear. It's a clear liquid. Clear liquid, aka water. I was saying, uh, you, you can keep it's that to yourself, early. John. It, but it's too early to be anything else. Trust uh, me. Understood, and I understand being hydrated. Keep your voice uh, as uh, wet as possible. But I'm a coffee. I need coffee in the morning. I can't exist. First thing without. I do after we get off the air is make a cup of coffee is have a well cup of coffee. second thing first thing i gotta get the dog out again second thing is coffee. understood um i i can't uh if i just tried to drink water i'd be falling asleep on the second hour of this show <laughs> so i need to drink coffee but today i'm going black which i never do i'm a creamer and sweet and low guy but i've got to get some blood work done i got a doctor's appointment at the end of the week so that's the one thing that you can have 
Uh, you got to not eat anything for 12 hours prior to getting your blood work done. You're allowed to have black coffee. So I'm going to have it just for the caffeine's sake. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But, man, it's uh, how do people drink black coffee every single day? Have you been it's ever rough. a black coffee yeah, guy? No, no, can't do it. Cream, uh, not Splenda usually, some kind of Splenda-like, sweet and low, whatever. I go blue before anything else, but that doesn't matter to me. But no, I can't drink black coffee. By the way, you know, I've gotten blood work before. I've always thought because they always tell you, you know, and I've heard that as well. I just, I just drink my, nobody's ever complained. Nobody's ever, I just drink my coffee. They tell me to drink black coffee. I just, I just drink what I want. I go and they take the blood. Nobody has ever complained, Jody. I'm just throwing that yeah. out there. Mike, I'm not Mike. I'm not advocating you do it or anybody, but I just I said, really? Why? How, how are you going to know? Nobody has known. Nobody's figured me out. Uh, no, you're right. Nobody's going to know, but it could show up in, in your blood work. My my right. blood sugar level is too uh, high to begin with. I don't need to add to it. If anything, I want to try and cheat the test a little bit, bring it down a little bit. When All I'm right. I got that. you. I don't know what it was for. You know, that could matter, I guess, um, to screw up your levels um generally i was getting blood for other reasons so uh yeah i just went you know went whatever uh, no, see for, what happens many a time and i think a couple times here on birds 365 i, I don't drink anything like water only and then i'm dragging so someone told me at one point because i uh, mentioned it they said we well, can drink the coffee it's black so the last time i went in got blood work done they go oh yeah you can have black coffee just don't put any creamer or any sweetener in it i said why did i not know this uh so i'm on the black coffee train this morning uh things going well for us here on bird 365 things going better for aaron donald who got his contract negotiating done which by the way for those of you who are superstar players out there feel free to use the Aaron Donald strategy of, oh, I might retire. Yeah, I got my championship. I could very easily walk away from this. Oh, the Rams couldn't have that. So they got the deal done. Three years, $95 million. That's over $31 million per year for a defensive tackle. There has not been a contract anywhere near this John, in the history of the National Football League, shoot, he's the highest paid non-quarterback player in the history of the league. And if anybody's earned it and deserved it, it's Aaron Donald because he revolutionized the position, in my eyes, of defensive tackle. But it does put the Rams in a bit of a spot. If they're paying Donald this kind of money, supposedly they're talking about Cooper Cup. You know, I brought this up earlier during the offseason. Demonte Adams traded, got a new deal, set a new bar. Uh, Tyreek Hill got traded, got a new deal, set a new bar. Cooper Cup, not only the best receiver, but, but the best receiver by distance last year in the National Football League. How does he not get his contract redone? Well, at least they're talking about it. 
how are the Rams going to stay under the salary cap, Johnny Mac? Yeah, voidable years, voidable years, voidable years. But, you know, it comes to a point when you have – it's part of the success, you know, if the Super Bowl champions. You got to pay your great players, and when you do that, um, you, you're usually able to do it. We talk about how malleable the salary cap is and how he's really good with that, how he's really good with voidable years and Jake – Rosenberg and Bryce Johnson and everybody who does it for the Eagles, but um, it does help hurt you in the back end of the roster and, you know, getting depth pieces. You have to use a lot of draft picks. You have to use a lot of young players. Um, And by draft picks, you know, and the Rams are a perfect example of this. I'm not necessarily talking about first round picks or second round picks, you know, less need depth than picks. I'm talking about day three picks and, some of those guys hit and that helped them win the Super Bowl. But yeah, I mean, Seattle might be the best example of all when they should have gotten two uh, when Russell Wilson was on his rookie deal. And then you saw the slow decline when they had to pay him. That's uh, just, I mean, sort of the way it works in this league. And that's why we always talk about a quarterback position with Jalen Hurts coming up when that extension is due, that's a difficult decision because you have to pay so much money to a quarterback. And we already saw it with Carson Wentz to a certain degree. Um, and that's the re- that sent the butterfly effect. That's why Jalen Hurts got here. Why? No, not to replace Carson Wentz, to be a cost-effective backup because they had to pay the starters so much. Um, and that created waves and, as we now know, other ways. But in the case of Aaron Donald, you know, this is a historic player, uh, a player that I joke, you know, Field Yates and my buddy Damon Benning, he used to, you might remember him from Nebraska, he used to play football there, has a show out in, I believe, Omaha. He knows this because I said it so much on his show. I, I said, Aaron Donald, I think it was 2014, this is my most proud draft pick ever. I said, he is the best player in this draft. I think ultimately he went 13th overall, and everybody's 6'1", he's 280, blah, 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 he's too small. I saw John Randall, because I covered John Randall. This is the closest guy I've ever seen to John Randall. Turns out he was he was way better than John Randall. This is the best pass-rushing interior defensive tackle I've ever seen. I don't think number two was all that close. Um, an amazing player. Uh, you, you can't heap enough accolades on him. But if you're the Rams, he's also, I think, 31 now. Um, at some point, it is a big wear and tear on your body. Everybody's human. You know, he's probably not going to earn this contract. Um, but there are certain players you got to pay. You got to pay them because of what they are. I always I always say with Derek Jeter and the Yankees in baseball, and you're a baseball guy. Yeah, at the end of his career, obviously, the Yankees were paying him for what he did, not what he was going to do. There are certain guys you have to do that for. The Rams should do that for Aaron Donald. Well, I, I think Aaron Donald actually will earn this contract, and we just – laid it out for you on how big is big it's gigantic largest contract ever in the history of the national football league for a non-quarterback but at some point the voidable years are going to come into play 
And this is where they're going to have to pay. At some point, this is just going to become over-the-top bad for the Rams because they've got the Jalen Ramsey contract, the Matthew Stafford contract, and the Aaron Donald contract, and at some point, a new and increased Cooper Cup contract. I don't know when it's all going to hit, but at some point, you got to pay the piper. I uh, There was a uh, nice rundown on EaglesWire.com uh, today. Eagles, the dead money cap hits this year. You, you, you kind of lose track of these things. <laughs> Fletcher a lot Cox, of dead money. Yeah. Fletcher Cox is 9.6 million dead cap money for the Eagles. He's still on the Eagles and he's already counting dead cap money against them to the tune of 9.6 million. Malik Jackson, Malik, we hardly knew ye. He's counting $9 million and change dead cap money on the Eagles cap this year. Derek Barnett, we thought we were done with Derek Barnett. No, Derek Barnett's back. He's still playing. He's only making four and change this year. Was it 4.5, John? If I uh, he that. can make up to 5.5, but yeah, it's more depending on incentives. So, uh, incentives yeah. and the like, I think it's four and a half. Oh, counting dead cap money, he's counting 7.2 against the Eagles cap in dead cap money. That's not counting the money that he's making this year for salary. Brandon Brooks just walked away. He's counting five and check. Alshon, Alshon, they're still paying Alshon. Didn't Alshon leave like five years ago, or does it just seem that way? Uh, Still counting $5 million against the cap for the Eagles this year in dead cap money. At some point, the Rams are going to have a bill to pay for guys who are no longer on their roster or not playing up to the level that they used to. They're a major Super Bowl contender again this year. They could go back to back. There's going to come a year where they're going to be. So F those picks and F that salary cap. Oh, Sneed and, and McVay are going to play a pay, play, pay a price. Now, McVay may up and go to uh, broadcasting and get a uh, Brady-like contract and actually increase his salary and get out of Dodge before the uh, uh, the sky starts falling. But I'm okay with this because, number one, Aaron Donald has earned it. And number two, yeah, it's going to keep the Rams as a major Super Bowl contender this year. At some point, this team has to go backwards. Well, yeah, I mean – Everybody, uh, sports is cyclical. That's going to happen anyway. Be, when he ages out and all the good players age out, and then probably you're not going to get the next Aaron Donald. Let's be honest. Uh, the odds of that are astronomical. So, I mean, that's uh, the dead money stuff. Look, and this is where the Eagles are sort of, you know, putting their cards in as well. It, hopefully, <laughs> there's not another pandemic or some kind of other disaster. And if there isn't uh, the salary cap, we know is going to go up pretty, pretty far over the next couple of years. When the new TV deal kicks in, uh, there's going to be significantly more money. That's why the Eagles have been more liberal with their voidable years over the past couple seasons. And remember, this isn't real money that you're paying the players. They've already paid the players. This is just, bookkeeping salary cap, you know, putting those voidable years on the back end. So they count against your cap uh, and, and, and that dead cap money, which isn't good. But when, when the, when the cap keeps going up and, and you have more room for that, um, it's a credit card bill. We talk about with Brad Spielberger all the time. And look, 
I don't advocate running up your credit card, but sometimes you don't have the money to pay for something and something goes in your house and you got to use it. Um, and if you're trying to win Super Bowls, you got to use your credit card at times um, to get good players. Um, and for the Eagles in 2017, for the Rams last year, it worked. So then it becomes, you know, how much how much gravitas do you have for that one Lombardi trophy? Well, we can ask Doug Peterson, and he'll say not much. <laughs> but I don't know. For Eagles fans, they probably wouldn't trade it. Um, uh, you'd have to ask them. I, I know they get upset a little bit earlier, but the Rams won the stinking Super Bowl. So, you know, yeah, it there's going to be a downtick in a couple of years when Matthew Stafford retires and Aaron Donald retires. And, you know, Cooper Cup isn't Cooper Cup and on and on and on. But they got one, Jody. They got one. You mentioned uh, credit cards about uh, the fact that you can put off paying them for – Oh, yeah, but the price that you pay at some point becomes pretty big. It's always nice to have flexibility and be able to put off having to go into your pocket and pay it immediately. But the longer you wait, the further you push it down the line, oh, the bigger that bill comes due. Yes, the general cap number is going to increase in the National Football League because of escalating uh, TV contracts and the like. So it does come down to a little speculation as to what the cap is going to be. But at some point, you got to pay the piper. And I think the Rams are getting into dangerous territory that they dropped from being a major Super Bowl contender to a, yeah, we got to completely tear this down and rebuild that. You don't see that much in the National Football League. You see it in the NBA process. You see it in baseball. Oakland A's have a double-A team right now. Uh, You don't see it near as much in the National Football League. Oh, I think the Rams could be headed in that direction with what they're laying out for their superstars. They got another year two at the max run and then the uh, all thing all the, the house of cards just coming tumbling down and then sean mcbay will be the first one out jody he'll oh, be yeah. the first one out i Amazon, guarantee you that. nbc yeah. fox oh he's gonna land somewhere he's gonna get yeah. paid but and then bad. he'll come back and then he'll come back to a great situation he'll he'll build jackson it as i like to call it he'll build jackson the situation because he's got such a great reputation he'll recognize when that's going to happen Say, I'm out, do a year or two in the Fox booth, and then somebody will go, let's get Sean McVay. We got a great quarterback. We got, And he'll be right back in it. That's what's going to happen. It's going to build Jackson the whole thing. He'll probably get the cherry pick, one of several jobs that will be open during an offseason when he jumps back into the fray. All right, uh, Jerry Mack, what's it look like with the Eagles this week? You said you believe you're going to get your grass time tomorrow. You haven't gotten the official notification email no. this time. God forbid, because we got to work things out, uh, you know, schedule-wise. We get uh, all of five minutes to do that. Uh, yeah, but we'll be on 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 the field at some point tomorrow. Tomorrow's the last day of the Eagles' spring program, let's call it, and then July twenty-six. So there it is. That's your lull period. Um, what's today's date, Jody? Today, by the way, is the the Jets yeah. tweeted out. The anniversary of the day they hired Joe Douglas, by the way. 
Hey, Joe, Joe had a really good draft for the Jets this year. I think they are headed in the right direction. Not quite a playoff team yet, but they are absolutely headed in the right direction. I speaking of heading in directions, um, different years, different groups, uh, different individuals who are in spots in their career and the like, uh, as of the end of practice tomorrow, Beagles can go wherever they want, can go home, can go on vacation, can do whatever they want. There is certainly a group of Eagles that live here in town and show up at the Novacare complex and get some weight work in, uh, whatever they need to do on a day in day out basis. How do you look at this team's roster? Are you going to see, and I know you guys aren't down there, so you go by what your sources tell you within the building. How uh, busy is it going to stay at the Novacare complex during this five, six week period between when they shut down uh, the OTAs and before that first day of camp? Um, not, not very busy. In fact, the Eagles want to get everything done this week as far as media availability, as far as giving us the coaches and things like that, as far as giving us some background and some off the record, because they want everybody to go recharge their batteries, a lot of vacations. But yeah, the guys in the area are going to use the weight room and, and things like that. But that's that's it. You're not allowed to talk football. You're not allowed to do football. And obviously the coaches, I mean, they work all the time and probably too much. So they'll be doing what they do. But um, it, it, it truly is um, more of a lull period. Um, and, and the one really uh, big one uh, in the NFL's calendar year. I think I've told this story before. We got Brandon Lee Gout and BLG is going to join us coming up in just a couple of minutes. Um, I had Sean Payton on one of my national shows as a guest. I think it was. Did he yell at you? No, he didn't. He actually gave me an answer that I didn't see coming. And I refer to uh, now uh, all the time. Um, The Saints had finished up strong the year before, gotten off to a god-awful start, finished up strong. Um, Could they carry that momentum over to the next season? And I asked Coach about it, and I said, can you actually do something? He said, Jody, no. The answer to your question is no. You said the fact that we played well in December, does that play till September? The answer is no. December's got nothing to do with September, anything to do with it. But December has to do with January, and January has to do with February, and February has to do with March, and it's all these pit stops along the way, and there are several of them from the end of your last game the previous season to the first game of the next season. You have to have good off-season workouts. Oh, as I said, this was probably about 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah. Might not be the same in the NFL anymore, but this is what coach believed. Off-season workout participation, guys putting in the time and effort when not doing football things just to be accountable for their conditioning and the like. Then the opening of camp and everybody being on the same page and being implement what you want in the preseason to get ready. All that, if all those dominoes have fallen, oh yeah, you can get great carryover from the December till September but if it's not you can lose out at any time and he did a great job of explaining the entire offseason yeah it might not be the same anymore John because the Eagles got count them six six sessions of offseason activity here in the month of uh, June I don't know that it's enough well, no I I it's definitely not enough and I I you know 
I talk about all the time, the cost benefit analysis part of it is, you know, okay, do we have enough time to prepare? Like, you know, coaches want to prepare? No. So let's get the week one as healthy as possible. I think that's the Eagles thought process. Um, pretty sure. I believe it's their thought process. Um, I, I, you know, I think Zach, Zach Berman was the one who said one through 40. I like that number one through 40 doesn't matter. In other words, the best 40 players on, on the team off season work doesn't matter. Uh, the rest of the guys, it matters. It matters. And it might not be a big deal today or for the 2022 season, but developmental, I talk about all the time. I talk about with the Sixers a lot. Development, developing players is real. It's real. You don't just draft somebody and there's the player. Boom. That's what we have. There's real development in these players, especially players who aren't um, high-level draft picks, day three picks, undrafted free agents, which we've seen turn into really good starters. That starts in the offseason, and it means something to them more than, yeah, doesn't mean anything to Jason Kelsey. All right, yeah, he doesn't need it. But guess what? Cam Jurgens needs it a little bit, you know, early in his career, and lesser offensive linemen even more. So it's definitely a give and take. And how much the Eagles coaching staff, because that's what falls to, if an if a player is going to improve, you got to coach them up. Uh, we're still learning about this staff. Uh, we saw an improvement on some of their young players their first year in that new program. This year will be much more telltale year to see if this is a team that can develop the players that they already have. All right, John McMullen, Jordan McDonald, a.k.a. Mackamack, here on Birds 365. Let's bring in a, another guest coming up next. Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation going to join us here on Birds 365. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. On the field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
at Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. It is our pleasure to usher in one of our favorite guests. Always does a great job when he joins us and he looks down at us because he's big. Always he looking down on us. Always. Brandon Lee Gowton joins us here on Bleeding from Bleeding Green Nation. He joins us here on Birds 365. All right. When you get grass time tomorrow, do you do the, the proper thing and just stand in the back because you can see over everybody anyway? <laughs> Or do you push your way to the one front and go, yeah, go ahead, try and look over me, guys? It's a big sideline. I think there's enough yeah. room for everybody there. There's enough uh, room this time of year. This time yeah, of year. Right, yeah, when the yeah. fans aren't there like they are in training camp. Um, hey, but it's first come, first serve, so, yeah. Yeah, box them out. That's what you should do, <laughs> BLG. Uh, like Shane Steichen boxed out the play calling. How about mm. that? Where, what do you think of uh, – he was doing it last year, so – I, but the Eagles kind of underplayed it uh, when they made the change midseason. Now uh, they've admitted it. Shane came out and said, hey, I'm going to be the play caller, which I think surprised us that they were so overt about it. Um, what was your take on why they did it uh, and why Nick Sirianni uh, allowed Shane Steichen to sort of take that, take the reins there? You know, it, it seems like it wouldn't necessarily be in the team's best interest to uh, want to, you know, put Shane Steichen out there in terms of like, hey, if the play calls are really good, you know, then you know, hire this guy. Uh, he, he's the one doing it. Um, but uh, maybe he feels that way. Maybe he wanted that out there. And, yeah, to your point, John, obviously we did hear about this last season in terms of Sirianni saying that it was kind of collaborative with him and Steichen calling the plays. And really, if you look at the history of Shane Steichen going back to his Chargers days, the Chargers had one of the highest uh, neutral run rates in terms of like regardless of what the score was or the situation being up or down, they're running the ball, especially on early downs. And obviously we saw that a lot in the second half last year with the Eagles. So you're kind of seeing that. And there was com- there's a complaint in, in, in uh, L.A. that they were doing it too much with Herbert, you know, as a good quarterback. But in any case, you know, it worked for the Eagles last year. And that's kind of interesting for this season because we're all thinking they're going to pass more than they were at the end of last season. But we all saw how that went at the beginning of last season. So it's going to be interesting to see how they balance between those two things, the very heavy pass attack and the very heavy run attack. 
Wow. See, I did not know that uh, analytical stat you just gave that when he was with the Chargers, they were a run-heavy football team. They had some good running backs, so it would make some sense. But So you're suggesting the Eagles becoming more of a run-heavy team last year was as much Steichen's doing as it was uh, Sirianni's doing because he had a heavier hand in the play calling? I think it played a factor. Um, you know, it was just the reality of the team, too, like relying on their biggest strength, which was Jeff Stoutland and him, you know, being a run game coordinator as well. And that offensive line and the running backs they have and Jalen Hurts' mobility. So, you know, it was obviously a, a culmination of many factors there, but I think that was one of them, yeah. Um, the lead story on, on Bleeding Green Nation this morning I, I is Sal Powell's sort of interview with Nick Sirianni. Uh, where Nick said he sees a big difference in Jalen Hurts. You got 55 minutes, Brandon, of watching Jalen Hurts in seven-on-seven. Well, you know, about 20 minutes, let's be honest. Uh, He was sharp, though, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, in whatever you can take uh, from seven-on-sevens. But do you see uh, a a difference, a a big positive difference in Jalen Hurts? I think it's tough to glean too much in terms of like mechanics and all of that. I think that gets a little overstated as well. I don't think that's like a night and day kind of difference. I think it's more subtle. Um, But to your point, John, Jalen Hurts did look really good, I thought, for the most part in practice. And what impressed me wasn't necessarily the deep balls he was connecting on and the the flashier plays as much as that one specific rep where I thought he hit Jack Stoll in stride in a tight window over the middle of the field, which is an area that Jalen Hurts is not really utilized. And I kind of think that kind of speaks to uh, a comfort level in the offense and also on those deep balls, not just, uh, if I recall correctly, he was getting those out in decent timing too. He wasn't just holding on to the ball for forever. So I think those are encouraging things. Jalen Hurts has the slowest time to throw each of the last two years in the entire NFL. So you want to see him speed up. And you know he's talked a lot about getting more comfortable with the offense. I think that's a way you would see that manifest. So between getting the ball out a little bit quicker and then also working the middle of the field, those are two encouraging signs to me. All right, BLG, uh, we know the relationship between the quarterback and his new highly paid wide receiver. He and A.J. Brown and boys, they work out together during the offseason. They've been pals for a couple of years. And A.J. doing a good job ingratiating himself with the Eagle fan base, saying, well, we don't have number one right wide receiver. We got a one and a one A. Uh, we have dueling number one wide receivers here, singing the praises of uh, his running mate on the outside, Mr. Smith. And also uh, doing a little trash talking of the Cowboys at the Eagles charity softball game this week, telling Micah Parsons to get his popcorn ready because the Eagles are coming to town. So he's doing a really good job of uh, getting the Philly fan base behind him. How big a season can A.J. Brown have? Give me the, the optimistic glass half full. How big a season do you think he can have? Getting it from Jalen Hurts and the Eagles going more pass happy in 2022. Yeah, that's kind of the the question, you know, just how pass happy are they going to be? Because that's obviously going to play a big factor. A.J. Brown still put up really good numbers in a very run-heavy offense in Tennessee, clearly, with Derrick Henry there. And I think that's part of why his stats aren't, you know, more gaudy than they are right now. Um, I think A.J. Brown's going to have a good year, um, especially in the red zone. I think that's where he's going to make a big difference for this team. And on and third down, too, he's been a, he was a go-to guy for the Titans in those kind of need-to-have-it situations. You look at the 49ers game as a great example. I think he had some, something like ridiculous, like, 
I, I don't know if it was like 10 first downs. It was a lot. He had like a lot of first downs in that game and almost like won the game for them uh, in that one. So uh, I think he's going to have a big year, especially, again, in terms of the red zone touchdown numbers. I think that's what you're really looking at with him. But, you know, to his to his point, you know, I think Devontae Smith being like a little un, like underrated slash overlooked here because I think he's going to have a fantastic jump from year one to year two. He was he was so underutilized in 2021. There were 38 players who had more targets than him in the NFL, and that just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, and we'll see how the split goes here in Philly. Um, but I, I do think both of those guys are primed for, for pretty good seasons. It's one thing Shane Steichen said, BLG, though. There's only one football, and you mentioned his proclivity toward the running game. Then you start talking about, all right, I got to get the $25 million million receiver. His touches, Devontae Smith looked phenomenal in the 50 minutes we were out there. Um, The chemistry, even though... Uh, Jalen Hurts is closer off the field with A.J. Brown, seems to be better on the field with Devontae Smith. Dallas Goddard, tremendous tight end. Uh, Kenny Gainwell in the passing game. I think the Eagles see big things there. There's only one football. How do you make everybody happy? (laughs) It worked in 2017. It's a little different, but uh, I do think that it might not necessarily be, you know, about the numbers as much as the efficiency in terms of, you know, the yards per play, the touchdowns, things like that. Uh, not as much as like, you know, having one guy be your Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase and like, you know, hogging or Cooper Cup and really hogging all of those targets and and posting the stats in a big way like that. Um, so, you know, I think um, don't overthink it. I think if there's a hot hand, you know, go with that. Uh, I think there are times where and Nick Sirianni it's one of the things I didn't like about what he said last year and I don't know how much of it he actually believes in as much as it might have been just coach talk that he didn't necessarily believe forcing the ball to players and I just <laughs> fundamentally disagree on that if you have a really good player you need to get him touches you can't go into a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs on the road and not give Devontae Smith a touch until after the two minute warning, which is exactly what they did. Like that's just not good enough. Um, so I absolutely do think they have to be smart about that. Um, you know, it, there's always the line, good problem to have. Um, and you can kind of debate if, if it is a, a good problem, but I would certainly rather have Devonte Smith, AJ Brown, Quez Watkins, or Zach Pascal pick, take your pick out there than Jalen Rager being on the field. All right. BLG need you to weigh in on the right guard position. And again, because the Eagles are using this time allotted to them the way they are, seven on sevens, no 11 on 11, you can't really even get a true feeling. You know who goes out there first, lines up first for whatever uh, plays they're going to run in seven on seven. But that seems to be a question, a position where some people question who the starter is going to be. I don't. I think it's going to be Isaac Samalo. If he's healthy, he's the guy. Uh, good luck, Jack Driscoll. You're going to be a great backup lineman across the entire line. You're not starting at right guard. Some people think that Driscoll could actually win the job, be given a job, uh, be the choice of the head coach, Nick Sirianni. Um, how do you rate? I We had Jack Berman on last week. I asked him to put percentages on it. If you said Isaac, uh, Driscoll, uh, if you want to throw Jurgens in there or anybody else, Give me percentage breakout, hmm. the starting right guard for the Eagles this upcoming season. Say 50%. Um, 50% Isaac. I will say 
49% Driscoll and then wow, 1%. Wow, you think it's that close? I think it's close because, like, you, you don't keep Isaac Samal as a backup, right? Like, you're not paying a player. You're not carrying a, a 7.7 cap number for a guy who is going to be a backup. Like, that's just too much, especially when you can, the Eagles can trade Samalo and clear 5.65 million in cap space after June 1 now. Um, I, I just... I don't know that it makes as much sense necessarily, especially in the wake of Nate Herbig being gone. Like if he was here, I thought it made a lot more sense to move on from Samalo considering he's in his age 29 season. He's only played 12 games the past two years due to injuries. He's in a contract year. Um, He's going to be a free agent after this year. And I don't know that you really want to extend him coming off these injuries and, and going into his age and also investing in Driscoll, who's also had his injury issues to be fair and Jurgens as well. Um, so I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know how he fits in necessarily. Yes, he might be their best option at right guard. Like, mind you, a position he has not played recently. So that's a whole other factor in this. Um, and I think it's noteworthy that he is at OTAs currently, where the whole rest of the offensive line really wasn't last week for Brett Toth's wedding, apparently. I don't know exactly who was invited and who wasn't. But Yeah, by the I way, do- how do you feel if you didn't get invited to that, BLG? If you're in who? the offensive line room, Half of the guys are at the wedding and half aren't. What if I feel bad? I didn't get my invite to Brett's <laughs> wedding. I'm gonna um, make a, I'm gonna make a prediction for you. And I know both you guys are bigger Driscoll fans than me. And it's not that I'm not a Driscoll fan, but I'm an Isaac guy. I think he probably was invited and he said, No, I gotta show up at camp. Right. I missed all last year. Yeah, it's kind of important for me to be there. Sorry, Brett, I'll get you a nice gift, but I'm not coming to the wedding. That's what I think happened. I think you're right, Jody. I think you're right about that. <laughs> now, uh, also with competition, you mentioned an interesting thing about the receivers because I think you're you're right. I think people are skipping steps, Brandon, with Quez uh, Watkins a little bit. Not that it can't be the the third wide receiver, and I think the odds are he will be. But don't sleep on Zach Pascal uh, with you know, his history with Nick Sirianni, um, just his ability. He talks about fundamentals all the time at the wide receiver position. One of the issues with the Eagles, even with Devontae Smith, who's a great route runner for a young player, but some of those uh, details, attention to detail weren't there on certain routes. Nick explained, Zach Pascal knows what to do. Uh, he's very comfortable with them. I think there's an outside chance that he's the – third receiver or at least gets more playing time is that a possibility or am i crazy i think it's kind of a you know what you want situation you know if you're in a situation where you want more of a field stretching presence there in the slot then i think wes watkins you know can have that role whereas if you're looking for a guy who can probably give you a little bit more in the red zone maybe some short yarded situations or if you're you know really going with that run heavy attack and you want that extra blocker there for you um, so I think it's kind of a mix and match. It's almost kind of what I said before, maybe about like a Jack Stoll and a Grant Calcaterra as your backup tight ends. It's kind of like a two A and a two B, where Stoll probably in more for some run blocking and Calcaterra potentially in for some more pass catching. So I think it's kind of just a, a mix and match situation there. But yeah, I think I think Pascal's going to have some kind of role in this offense. I don't think it's just as simple as like, well, he's a number four guy and he's only going to play if there's an injury or something. Like he's he's going to be a role player. Um, yeah. All right, BLG, I'm going to give your site some love here. 
All right. One of your compatriots and the guy we've had on the show a couple of times, John Stolnes, had a good post the other day. I need you to react to it. Um, what could go wrong? I, by nature, I'm not a pessimist, but I like to think about it from time to time. And John did a, a good story on it. Listed five things that could go wrong that could help uh, be a cause of a sidetrack of the Eagle season. I want you to put them in the order that you actually are concerned about. He said he could be right. Yeah, that could be an issue. The five that he mentioned injuries, which is everybody in the national mm-hmm. football league, but more than the average, if you get that kind of season and the Eagles players have their own injury history that you can factor in um, the giants and Washington being better than we actually think they are before the season starts. Jalen Hurts' growth is stunted. We're all banking on, according to Nick Sirianni, the South Palantonio look great in the seven on seven. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, the schedule, not as easy as maybe some of us have made it out to be. A couple of teams on there better than we thought. And Eagles have tough time against teams that maybe we think they should be a, a significant favorite against. And the last one, defense not as improved as we think. They made changes. John and I are saying they made upgrades and that the defense is more talented, gave Jonathan Gannon more weapons, but it's got to happen on the field. Of those five, give me the order that you put them in. Which one do you think is the most legit concern for the birds this upcoming season? I think it has to be Hertz doesn't progress. You know, there's been a lot of talk about how he's like gotten better every year. And like, I understand why that said, but the same time i don't think he's like improved leaps and bounds and even if he has to this point that doesn't mean it's going to be more improvement this year you know at some point you don't just always get better like at some point you kind of tap out and you are what you are maybe you can get better along the margins but uh for the most part the paint uh, the picture is already painted um so i think that's a concern there obviously um i think next i would probably put the defense because i would argue that even though the Eagles did some good things defensively last year, hardly all bad, they underperformed their talent level, I would argue. And it's not like they had amazing talent, but I think with what Jonathan Ginnon had, I don't think you can argue he got like better or at their level. I think he underperformed the talent level. So I think that's a concern because even if the Eagles defense improves, it still might not measure up to what it can be, and that's disappointing. And then I'd probably put injuries number three. You know, obviously it kind of depends, you know, who's getting hurt. And it's not so much always about um, like different starters as much as, you know, the clustering of injuries. Like, you know, you're losing like five receivers or something. And, and that's just really, that's where like bad luck factors in. And then like, what can you really do if you're, if you're starting three receivers get hurt? Um, and then I don't think it's very likely that the commanders and giants improve. I might have to put that uh, number four, it's, I think the Commanders could be, you know, a pain in the Eagles' side. Doing my win-loss predictions, I do have the Commanders beating the Eagles once, so I think that's possible. I think they'll kind of be hanging around. Giants are intentionally almost like tanking; they're taking a step back. They're yeah. gonna be, they're gonna be bad. Um, and then, so then, that dead last, the schedule being weak. Like, I'm sorry, like I, I just don't, I don't know how you, don't you think Dougie P is gonna bring the Jags in here ready to roll Week Four. I don't know how you look at the Eagles schedule and like get to like, you can't get at least find like eight wins, set nine wins there. Like it's, it's just a, it's not a good schedule. Look at the quarterbacks they're playing. It's, they're not good teams. Um, so yeah. 
All right, so it's not a good schedule. I think we all agree with that. Not a difficult schedule. Right. It's a very good schedule from the Eagles' perspective. Um, so if we talk about, you know, incremental improvement for Jalen Hurts. I'm not even talking about superstar level improvement. The Giants are what we think they are. The Commanders are even a little bit uh, worse than we think they're going to be. Let's turn the slant positive. Um, you mentioned JG there a little bit. I'm a little surprised. I, I thought most thought he got more out of the talent he mm. had. So you're one of the first I've said he got a little bit less. You've heard Howie Roseman say we're renting Jonathan Gannon. We now know Shane Steichen is calling the plays and other people know it. So if the Eagles win 12, 13 games in a playoff game, Who's, who's more likely to leave? Who's more likely to get the head coaching job? Uh, Jonathan Gannon or the play-calling Shane Steichen who's getting Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith to 12 wins? Maybe it's like the Eagles version of the front office pillaging. This Maybe <laughs> both. Yeah, where I they didn't just, think both. They lose both. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's hard not to go with Gannon just because he's already had the interest – and there's a lot of buzz about him and you know who's to say the Texans job couldn't easily open up after one year of Lovey Smith this year and and they go with Gannon or maybe they get Josh McCown finally and they hire him <laughs> to that spot but but I think there's going to be spots for Gannon and then you know with Steichen just it's an offensive league obviously if the Eagles are in the playoffs and everything he's going to be a hot name some of the Eagles assistants got attention this offseason right yeah like Kevin Petullo and Brian Johnson so and and and, you know it's not even like they accomplished anything in the postseason so I definitely (laughs) think uh both really both they could be in jeopardy of losing both guys I got you to respond to your boy Josh Stoltness's contribution on Bleeding Green Nation Why don't you use another one of your contemporaries, Eagle Beat guys, and get your take on it. Uh, Ruben Frank does a good job, NBC Sports, on his 10 observations, either leading into the weekend or first thing on Monday. He put it up over the weekend this this week. The green dot, the guy who gets it on his helmet, who is uh, in charge of uh, giving the situation and the setup on the defense for the Philadelphia Eagles, he speculated that Nicobe Dean, despite being the youngest guy on the entire team, by the time the season gets underway, he could be the guy with the green dot. He could be the guy that the defensive coordinator and the play caller believes is the best to get the information out there and be a little bit of a leader in the defensive huddle. Is that overly optimistic? I'm a big Nicobe Dean fan, and I hope that's the way it plays but I don't know that I'm ready to go there, that he's going to be the man with the green dot on his helmet. What do you think the chances are of that happening? So we saw the Eagles first team linebackers, you know, John and I on uh, last week and it was not Nicobe Dean. It was Kaiser white and TJ Edwards. And if I'm not mistaken. I think Davion Taylor is mixing in there too. John. You yeah. Davion me. mixed in and it was Davion and Christian Ellis as mm. the second team linebackers. And then Nicobe and Jacoby. So I think mm. maybe maybe they like that that sort of turn of phrase. Nicobe and Jacoby <laughs> is the third team linebackers. So obviously, you know, there's much opportunity and much time left for Nicobe Dean to rise up the depth chart. And it's hardly atypical at this time of year for the coaching staff to be leaning on the vets in these kind of practices and giving them the first crack at it. 
Um, doesn't mean it'll stay that way. But yeah, I, I just think, you know, it's hard to assume always that a rookie is just going to be an instant starter, especially if they're not even taken in the first round. Uh, like Nicobe Dean wasn't. I know many people thought he could be, but the reality is he wasn't. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I'm just assuming that by any means just yet. I, I do think he will be playing at the very least. I do think he has the potential to move up the depth chart in a very quick fashion, but you know, we have to see it. Like, I'm not going to just assume it's going to happen. Uh, he has to prove himself just like any young player, any rookie has to earn the coach's trust. So I think it's a, a, a bit much to assume that not only is he, you know, going to be trusted to, you know, make good plays on the field in action, but also is going to be able to call the defense and get everyone lined up from day one. So I think that might be a little presumptive at this point. Uh, he is Brandon Gowton, Brandon Lee Gowton at Brandon Gowton on Twitter. Uh, you follow him there. You can read him at bleedinggreennation.com. You can listen to him everywhere, including here, but BG, uh, BGN Radio, your co-host of the SB Nation NFL show, uh, all the different podcasts BLG does. Uh, so I'll leave, it, I'll leave you at linebacker since we're talking about it. I think what we're going to see is sort of a three-man rotation. That's, you know, if you're playing Tennessee and the Eagles have them on the schedule, Derrick Henry's coming in. It's probably a TJ Edwards game. You want that big physical run stopper in there. If you're at Tampa Bay, if you're in the playoffs and get Tampa Bay again, you know Tom Brady's going to dump it off to the backs and go over the middle of the field. It's probably a Kaiser White game. You know, you want him out there a lot for pass coverage. But Nicobe's going to play. If, if I'm going to give you a sort of a Jody question percentages tj <laughs> edwards the kobe dean kaiser white who's playing the most he's playing the least i think tj edwards is playing the most um you know he came on at the end of last year and i part of i the, think he's the most underrated player on this team i, I think really that's do a, that's think that's entirely fair i mean the eagles turn around obviously everyone looks at the run game last year but it was also that week eight when they played the lions that TJ Edwards started really to play more and Eric Wilson was gone at that point. And again, I, I don't think the defense was amazing last year, but some of the good things they did, TJ Edwards was part of that. So I don't think you're just sending him to the bench in favor of N'Kobe Dean and TJ Edwards is never to be you know heard from or seen from again. So I would expect him to lead the way uh, going into the season. I think N'Kobe has a chance to be second. I think it's I mean, there's there's a chance White doesn't make the team. <laughs> Again, based on the Eagles' history of signing free agent linebackers, just that alone, um, I do think he will. But I'm just saying, you know, there's it's not even a guarantee. If we're talking about likelihood, I think it, I, I would go TJ one, Kobe second, and then White third, maybe more of a role player. Either way it shakes out will be interesting. All right, uh, Jody, question to, e to end it since I'm Jody. Um, <laughs> I got the Eagles' schedule here in front of me. I need a Brandon Lee Gowton prediction. Mm -hmm. They played the Green Bay Packers week 12, November 27th. Aaron Rodgers, certainly a draw. Eagles record will be what it is at that time. If after you sign off with us in three minutes, uh, you jump on Ticketmaster.com and you buy two Eagle tickets for that game at 150 bucks a piece. So a $300 layout. What is Brandon Lee Gowton going to be able to flip them for by mm. the time the game arrives? Week Man. 12, Green Bay, Eagle season going the way it's going. 
Are you going to sell them again for 300? Are you going to take a hit and lose some money and sell them for 250? Are you going to be able to sell them for 500 and turn the process secondary ticket man? Brandon Lee Gowton, what are you getting for your Packers tickets if you pay 150 for them today in week 12? I was told there'd be no math heading into the show, and I was <laughs> um, This is a good question. Make we do. Uh, I think it's going to be more. I really do. I think that game's going to have a lot of juice. I think there's a chance that the Packers are still going to be pretty good, but I don't know if they're going to be, you know, another like 13 and four that kind of record season. Good. You, know, you lose Devontae Adams. Um, you take a little bit. You lose uh, Marquez Valdez. Scantling. Um, so I think they take maybe a little bit of a and, and just Aaron Rodgers, like is he gonna be the MVP three years in a row? Not impossible. But you know, again, it's getting older, could take a little bit of a step back. So I think they could be a little bit more mortal here, especially in Philly. Not to say the Eagles are definitely beating them. I would take the Packers to win that game, but I think it'll be an interesting matchup heading into that one. So I'm gonna buy the tickets for three hundred and I'm gonna sell them for a thousand. Ooh, that's a big – I might do that. I got to get on there. If your math is good, God yeah. bless. Uh, you buy me a beer the next time for making you think about doing it. Uh, BLG, always a pleasure. We uh, reached out to you late. Thanks for coming through in the clutch for us today. Always appreciate have, uh, having you on the show. We'll uh, talk again in a couple weeks, big guy. Sounds good. Take it easy, guys. Brandon Thanks, Lee Gowton. Damn, that'd be a good time. Yeah, that'd be Put nice. I think he's today. right, though. I think he's right it's going up. I, I we talked about the schedule. I mean, I don't know how the Eagles are bad with this schedule. I don't. I, they're going to be a good football team, and the Packers are going to be a good football team. At that point, people are going to be hyped up for that game. That's why I picked that game. It was the perfect game to pick because it had to be at a certain juncture of the season. See where the Eagles are, and all. Had to be against a good team, not an easier team. Because yeah, you know the Eagles are going to win. Am I going to pay above face value? I had to pick the. It fit perfectly for me. It wasn't all that difficult. And I try to give myself credit, but Green Bay Week Twelve is the perfect game to analyze where the Eagles are at now. Eagle Nation is feeling about them with the season they're having. We got a long time to go before we get there, but I asked Brandon Lee to speculate a little for us. We don't have all that left with us today here on Birds 365. McDonald and McMullen coming back to put a bow on the show. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank do you stream on a roku fire stick android tv or apple tv now you can watch 6abc 24 7 with the 6abc philadelphia streaming app the big story on that can you search 6abc philadelphia and start streaming today
in Philadelphia. We celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Despite being a stateside vodka fan, there's none in my coffee cup. I got to finish up my black coffee before I go get my blood work done this morning. Uh, but uh, maybe on the reflop on the way back before a little lunchtime uh, sustenance could go. There we the go. Stateside. Yeah. Put a little, uh, put a little cream and a little. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hi, Johnny Mac. Do you want to wrap this one up? Maybe even a little early today because I want to allow Eagle fans to get online if they are so moved to head to uh, Ticketmaster.com to get those yeah. single-game Eagle tickets. Uh, still don't know whether you're going to be here, what time you're going to be here. Tomorrow's no. still sitting Tomorrow. in abeyance for the last days of OTAs for the Philadelphia in, Eagles. Yeah. Uh, still no schedule uh, with the Eagles. All depends on Nick Sirianni, so that's what it comes down to. Nick, go after practice. Do it for me. Yeah, didn't he start last year after practice and then move to before practice? I think he started before and moved to after. Moved to after, maybe uh, I got it back. It all runs together to me. Right. I think he started before and then he moved to after. Uh, yeah, but who yeah, knows? Well, then hopefully that's the case tomorrow because uh, if you can, you're going to be here on Bird Street 65 and then uh, rush over to the uh, Novacare Complex. But if uh, the schedule says you got to be there early, then we'll just get you at the top of the show, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'll be on either way. and uh, But it's just a matter of how long and how much. So people probably crossing their fingers that they'll get Eagles tickets and – uh, that McMullen will leave early would be my guess. But you can see me anytime at jacobsports.com. You see it right there. And like, share, subscribe. Watch the show at jacobsports.com. Watch it on YouTube. Uh, whatever is easier for you. They got a nice picture of you up there in uh, jacobsports.com, too. Uh, Flattering, uh, my friends. It's a nice picture of Jody McDonald. I don't know about it. No pictures okay. of me on jacobsports.com. Oh, you're on there. I you're I'm not there. a writer, my friend. That's You're not on happening. there. 
You're on the uh, you're on one of the pages. I'm going to okay. send it to you. All right, I'm going to send it to you. Uh, all right, brother. Um, give me a, a text. Hit me up, uh, guys. You need to be back here uh, to find out how much Sean McMullen you're going to get tomorrow. We know he's going to the Novacare Complex. Don't know when. So, uh, partner, I will see you at some point tomorrow. Looking forward to it. We'll be back in two and two on Birds Three Sixty Five. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.